When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. AM, The Zone. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'll admit this is starting to sound like a broken record, this uh, weather forecast, but the good news is by the time we get to the weekend, I think things are going to change. I'm Pam Youngke. Welcome in. It is a Tuesday morning where we've got wind chills below zero again for basically all of us. But like I said, by the time we get toward the weekend, it does look like things are going to start to change. For today, sunshine in the forecast. 15 are expected high, but again, with the wind chills, will be easily at minus 8 or colder. For Wednesday, clouds in 18. Thursday, clouds but 21. Friday, partly cloudy in 17. And I took a look at the extended forecast. Believe it or not, we could be in the mid to upper 30s by the middle to end of next week. I know, seems hard to believe. Well, we'll find out if Stu Muck's buying into that forecast. He'll be joining us in about 15 minutes. Being a member owner pays at Compure Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compure's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $197 million back in patronage. Learn more at Compure.com backslash patronage. Compure Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remains at the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors including the risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position. Well, uh, weather outside has been, I don't know how you want to describe it, Pam, but it's been cold and it's been winter here in Wisconsin. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And some days it makes me just want to jump in the car or jump on a plane and go south. It's been a while since I've been down in the land of Dixie. But Pam, you talked with one of the other farm broadcasters across the country a fellow in Louisiana who got an update, and can you do a good Louisiana draw? <laughs> no, no, I need uh, the only the only Louisiana I can do is maybe a little mild Cajun. Fabulous farm baby PM Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in uh, Madison, and you're right. This is the time of the year when it kind of gets just frustrating. Every day is long when it comes to Wisconsin agriculture and trying to get your job done because the elements are all working against you. So let's take a look at what's going on somewhere else where they're not fighting snow and wind chills like Louisiana. Don Molino is a fellow farm broadcaster, considered the voice of Louisiana agriculture. He's in Baton Rouge, and I got a chance to visit with him. I just wanted to change it up a little bit. Somewhere there's got to be something going on in production agriculture and And Don Molino did not disappoint. In fact, there's one crop in Louisiana that they just started harvesting. But he says that so far, the farmers' attitudes there seem to be pretty decent. Right now, the growers are pretty good. Uh, We had an excellent rice crop this year, uh, first and second crop. They basically can plant a second crop of rice after they harvest the first crop and have two harvests every year. And usually the second crop, is a nice boost to their pocketbook. But this year, we were worried because two hurricanes came into the primary rice growing areas of Louisiana back-to-back within just a couple of weeks of each other. And we thought, well, there you know, there goes the rice crop. But fortunately, most of it was already out of the field, and they had some excellent, excellent yields. As a matter of fact, it's making the record uh, yield year for Louisiana. 
Uh, the Northeast Louisiana rice crop was not affected by those hurricanes as much, but they had a lot of uh, uh, a lot of wind and rain out of these hurricanes. So we thought that might hurt them too, but apparently it didn't. Hmm. Now, when those hurricanes come through, Don, help us understand the ramifications after the storm moves through on Louisiana agriculture. Oh, boy. The biggest damage from those hurricanes was to timber. Uh, Timber is the most valuable crop in Louisiana, several billion dollars worth. And the hurricanes destroyed, if memory serves me correctly, something like $1.9 billion worth of timber. Now, these trees have been growing for 30, 40 years, and all of a sudden, the, the 30, 40-year-old trees that these timber folks have been counting on for income aren't there. They're snapped off. They're lying in the field rotting. Uh, that was the biggest loss, mm-hmm. and it's going to take, you know, several years to recover from that. Um, we thought the sugarcane crop would be hurt, but it wasn't. Uh, it laid down some of the crop, but it was able to grow right back up. So from that respect, we were lucky. But the timber folks really, really suffered. And like I say, it's going to be 10, 15 years before they can even think about the recovery. Sometimes it takes a long time for a tree to grow. Right, right. Now, what does, so this time of the year, help me understand, is there anything that farmers are doing in the fields or in a greenhouse? Is there anything that you guys get to jumpstart uh, because of your geography? Oh, I was hoping you'd ask me that. Uh-huh. Crawfish. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's something that a lot of folks are not familiar with and wouldn't even think about eating. They're also called mud bugs, and they live in the mud. Uh, but the folks in southwest Louisiana grow the most crawfish probably in the world, farm-raised crawfish, and they double-crop it with rice. So as soon as the rice crop is out of the field, they reflood their, their fields and grow crawfish. Um, probably, I don't know, 20, 30, 40,000 acres of crawfish in just in southwest Louisiana. Wow. And they're just now starting to harvest them. Uh, last year was a fabulous year for crawfish, but no markets because the restaurants were shut down because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And restaurants are the biggest uh, buyer of crawfish. Mm. So you couldn't, we have what, what are called crawfish boils. Lobster boils, crab boils, same thing. Only we eat crawfish instead of crabs and lobsters. And when the restaurants shut down, there went all that live boil market. And people weren't having crawfish boils in their backyards like you have basically every week somewhere in Louisiana. Or Texas. Texas is a large market for Louisiana crawfish. So right now, the crawfish season is beginning, and they're beginning to harvest. They're still kind of small, um, but the market should be really, really good next month and into April. March and April are the biggest month for crawfish. And hopefully, with restaurants partially open back up, that's going to sell a lot of crawfish, and these crawfish producers are going to be happy again. Because they cost them a... Um, an enormous amount of money. Just think about it, your entire crop gone. Mm-hmm. Or you may have harvested your crop, and what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. It, just, it, it, just, it just rots, and there's nothing you can do with it. So no freezing, they can't process them, there's no infrastructure. That way it's all live and fresh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and most of the infrastructure is in southwest Louisiana. And crawfish 
you not only uh, boil them live like you would a lobster, but uh, people also take the crawfish tail meat and make that into crawfish at buffet, uh, crawfish pomoes, crawfish pie, filet uh, gumbo, uh, and all those crawfish have to be peeled by hand. Uh, imagine, if you will, peeling a tiny lobster and thousands and thousands and thousands of those. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have with crawfish tail meat. And right now you can buy a pound of crawfish tail meat for about $12. Now, in March, it's probably going to go down to maybe $5. Oh, wow. So people tend to stock up on them during the spring and freeze them and save them for like now. Last week, my wife made a huge pot of crawfish at Dufay. And on a cold winter night, there's nothing like crawfish at Dufay. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Some of that good South Louisiana rice, that the uh, aromatic rice, jasmine rice. It smells like popcorn, tastes like popcorn. Oh, <laughs> Oh, you make you want to slap your mama. <laughs> Don, Don Molino's along with us. He's the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Are there different types of rice? Forgive me for my naive Wisconsin ways, but you start talking about varieties. Are there different types of rice growing in Louisiana? Yeah, there's a, what they call short grain and long grain. Um, and uh, the Louisiana State University Rice Research Station has developed over the years uh, what they call aromatic rices to compete with Japanese aromatic rices. So now they have something called jasmine that smells like popcorn when it's cooking and tastes like popcorn when you eat it. Hmm. Um, and the primary rice in Louisiana is uh, long grain rice. It just seems to, you know, tend to cook a little better. Uh, I prefer it, but, you know, that's my taste. Sure. Right. Um, we, uh, we usually get our rice from a friend of mine in southwest Louisiana. <coughs> Pardon me, we were right in the middle of the hurricane. And uh, we ran out. So my wife, bless her heart, <laughs> bought, bought some rice at the store that, well, it says rice on there. And it, it, but the problem is it doesn't taste anything like Louisiana rice. The only crop really uh, working is crawfish. The sugarcane harvest is over, uh, and it's probably going to be a record harvest this year. The latest estimate is like 232 pounds of sugar per ton of sugarcane. So that's a lot of cane to produce 2 million tons of sugar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's, the set, what's the situation? Does Louisiana still have cotton acres done? Cotton acres are, have been going down steadily. We had 140... I think 100 years, 160,000 acres this past season. And we expect to drop it down to about 20,000 acres in 2021, simply because uh, it costs so much less to grow corn and soybeans. And the price of corn and beans, as you know, have been going through the roof. Mm -hmm. And the price of cotton is going back up. Uh, March cotton yesterday closed above 80 cents a pound. And new crop December cotton was pushing 80 cents a pound. So that may help when they make their planning decisions uh, probably next month. So they'll start putting uh, either cotton or corn, something in the ground starting uh, mid-March or late March? Yeah, uh, it may be time to start looking at corn. Uh, soybeans, probably April. 
the cotton, the uh, the optimum time to plant cotton in Louisiana is April 15th. So right about now they're starting to make the plan. But if it, 80 cents is a good price. 80 cents a pound is a good price for cotton. Hmm. But you know, if it costs you 85 cents a pound to grow it, it's not worth it. Right. And if you're getting five dollars a bushel for corn and only costs you two dollars a bushel to grow, well, there you go. Right. Right. Uh, a lot of a lot of cotton farmers have switched to corn simply because it costs them much less and they can make money. So, and it's like everything else. Everything else you grow, the weather, and you can't control the weather. And you may have a good crop of cotton, and then all of a sudden a drought gets, or a hailstorm, or a flood, or a hurricane. So you know, it's like any crop. So it's 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 a crapshoot and. The biggest gamble, I think, in the world. I wouldn't be a farmer for any amount of money. I'm not that brave. Not that brave is right. Fellow farm broadcaster Don Molino, he is considered the voice of Louisiana agriculture, giving us a little change-up on what we're looking at as far as terrain for agriculture. And like you said, their crawfish harvest underway. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Oh, you know me. Easy come, easy go. Tomorrow's another day. What's the big hurry? Are you kidding me? I have the patience of a goldfish. When I get an idea in my head, I like to let it simmer. Now that's a whopper. Good thing Lazy Boy in Madison has a warehouse full of furniture ready to deliver. Good things come to those who wait. Am I right? No. You're not right. There's a coffee table at Lazy Boy, and I have room for it in my living room now. Fine wine, a fresh bread, a chocolate souffle. But where are you going to sit and enjoy it? Lazy Boy has chairs, tables, and sofas in the store right now. Take time to smell the roses. That's what I always say. And I say a new vase and a new end table are a great way to enjoy those roses. Great-looking furniture ready to deliver from Lazy Boy. Lazy decorators love Lazy Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala, we have the experience you need to help you after any kind of collision. We help people who have been seriously injured, ranging from pedestrians hit crossing the street, people rear-ended by semi-trucks, to victims of drunk driver crashes. No matter how you've been injured, our experienced and skilled attorneys will help you get your maximum recovery. And very importantly, we also know how to protect that recovery. At Clifford and Rihala, we understand that many issues can come up after a settlement is reached. If those issues aren't handled carefully, an injury victim can lose money. Don't let that happen to you. Call Clifford and Rihala. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngkin. All righty, let's uh, talk a little bit about what's going on weather-wise as we roll our way into a Tuesday. Stu Mock, Ag Meteorologist, joining us live via Skype. You know, 
It's kind of one of those deals, like I just got done talking with a fellow down in Louisiana agriculture. Every once in a while, I like to change things up. This morning, instead of looking at Wisconsin weather, I'm kind of looking at weather that's farther south. Boy, oh boy, those poor folks in Texas are getting a whole lot of stuff they're not accustomed to dealing with. Well, that's for sure. That whole northeast part of Texas under a winter storm warning, and I just uh, clicked around for fun. Paris, Texas. Just on the northern edge of the state, they're four below right now. Wow. So they literally are colder than we are this morning. The, well, colder than you are in Madison. I mean, the cross is 13 below right now, so it's a relative thing. But, yeah, it's colder in northern Texas than parts of Wisconsin right now. And they may only get up into the 20s today, and they're going to expect uh, wind chill warnings and the like and some freezing precipitation, stuff that we aren't going to have to worry about. You look over to the far eastern edge of Wisconsin, those lakeshore counties, they have winter weather warnings and winter weather advisories. The lake effects snow, especially down toward Racine, Kenosha, could be upwards of a half inch today. Not the case for us. La Crosse and Mauston and a wind chill advisory, of course, a very cold start. And with the winds blowing in, those wind chills down there at 20 and 30 below, not out of the question again this morning. But there is good news. I expect we start to turn those temperatures around somewhat. Oh, it's going to come with some snow, and I'd expect even at La Crosse or Mauston late tonight, a little light snow develops, and that light snow chance lingers through Wednesday just into early Thursday. Not going to amount to much, but there'll be more mild air building in with it. That's the little break we start to see. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, let's have some more of those details for today and maybe get us past this weekend because then it looks like it does really start warming up. Well, it will change by that time, Pam, but we have to, uh, I have to ground in reality, sorry. The wind chill advisory at La Crosse and Mauston until 10 a.m. this morning and the wind chill values there 25, even 30 below for a short period of time. Through the day, I expect a little more sunshine, partly sunny, not bad, up into the teens. Yes, I said it, 14, maybe 15 degrees in some areas, and winds out of the north at 5 to 10. Yes, the wind chill still 5 to 15 below. Overnight, partly cloudy skies, back to below zero, 5 or 6 below. The northwest winds about 5, mostly cloudy Wednesday, and some light snow toward midday in the west in the afternoon or evening in the east. We hold up, though, in the upper teens for highs, up Above zero, winds become south at five. A little snow Wednesday night lasts into Thursday. You know, a dusting, maybe an inch, that's about all. Still mostly cloudy Thursday. Low 20s with the north winds at five. It'll cool a little bit, Pam, but I expect early next week we should be talking, believe it or not, low 30s, which will be normal, and it may even rise a bit above that on toward Tuesday or Wednesday, and the mid-30s are better. So 
I can see it from here. It's not far away, but <laughs> we've got a long way to march. Keep bundled up. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, buddy, thanks. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Stumach, Greg, meteorologist with the weather details you're looking for. And like you said, tie a knot, hang on. It does look like it's going to be improving on the horizon. Tell you what, the weather is definitely influencing what's happening with Brazilian soybean harvest. We're talking about that with John Heinberg coming up. Sign up for daily agriculture updates by joining our email list. Head to MidwestFarmReport.com, enter your email address, and we'll handle the rest. More farm news straight ahead. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like discounts on select Granger products and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Student away from home? You could get a significant auto insurance discount from Prairie Land Insurance. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. As a contractor, time is money. At Advanced Concrete, we pride ourselves on excellent service, like being on time with your delivery, having prompt and experienced drivers. We think you'll agree, Advanced Concrete outperforms the other guys. The concrete producing company, the contractors rely on Advanced Concrete. Producing concrete foundations to maintain concrete relationships. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. 
I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Take a chill pill. Hi, my name is Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. Do you battle stress, anxiety, or depression? You need to know about our top-selling product, Chill Pill. Chill Pill is a natural supplement with a simple herbal blend that works. Infused with magnolia bark to reduce cortisol for stress relief, L-theanine to calm the mind from anxious thoughts, and the amino acid 5-HTP to balance your serotonin levels and uplift the mood. Has anyone ever told you that you need to take a Chill Pill? Well, now you can for less than a dollar a day. After everything that we have all gone through this last year, we all need a chill pill. Talk to our wellness consultants today to see if chill pill is right for you. Come on over to any of our four locations for in-store shopping or curbside pickup. Or stay home and take advantage of our same-day delivery in Dane County. Free shipping, live chat feature on our website, and phone consultations. Stop in or check us out online at findyourhealthyplace.com. The Healthy Place. When you're having your vehicle worked on, the last thing you want to hear is, trust me, it's bad. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. At Tom's Auto Center, we'll show you the proof of the matter. We share photos of damaged or loose parts that's causing the problem. So you know exactly what you're paying for. Tom'sAutoCenter.com Tom's Auto Center. Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Does the bigger gripe belong with Badger basketball fans for watching their team yesterday not being able to rebound and losing a, what, they have a 12-point lead at halftime to Michigan? Yeah, 14-point total. I mean, it was obviously right before the half, it was 14. So, yeah, I mean, they had an opp- they, that was a perfect opportunity to, to jumpstart your season. Um, you know, you're 5-4 you're and four over your last nine. You have a killer last six games. You have a 14-point lead, and you're at home, and Michigan hasn't played in 20 days, some odd, 20 some odd days. Like it was just a, a perfect, perfect situation for Wisconsin, and they blew it. Um, you they blew, blew it. it with they blew it with their inability to really shoot in the second half, but also their inability. Had they just grabbed a, a couple of more rebounds on the defensive end, maybe they pulled that out. I mean, just way too many opportunities. I think it was nine second chance points in the last six minutes of that game uh, might, even be, might have been the last four minutes, but yeah. And they lost you by have, eight. You, you could not get off. You cannot. Uh, you did such a great job defensively to force a bad shot, to put up a bad shot and to get uh, a chance to get a rebound. And they couldn't do it a number of times. Um, that's that hurts, especially when you look at the box score and the two biggest guys on that team combined for, Zero rebounds. How was that possible, Whereas, Zach? How is that possible? Like, like, you feel like you'd luck your how, way into one. Yeah, how does one not just fall to at some point? Right? Like, Demetrius Trice is the shortest guy. He had five. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. A lot of this, a lot of times, your your big guys, they're, especially with a, a big like uh, Dickinson, you have to put all your energy towards keeping him away from it, and you let other guys clean it up. But come on, at some point, one has to fall your, fall you're, your you're way. You're right there. Didn't. Yeah. Zach, here's the thing that also boggles my mind when it comes to the big man. Okay, well, Brett, or I'm sorry, Michael Potter, he had nine points. Okay, you know, he had his, his one three-pointer, but he, down low he got some more points. If you're Nate Reavers, the tallest guy on the floor, he has three points in that game, no rebounds. Three points, and his lone points come from beyond the arc, the three-point land. 
I know part of his game is stepping outside and shooting it, but when you're 6'11", the tallest guy, how do you have no points in the paint and no free throws? Well, that's I mean that's been Nate this year. I mean that's essentially been him against teams that have a big that can actually you know is actually taller than him or taller than him. He has not been able to have any impact whatsoever on the inside. Like that's just that's just what it is. I think it's what was his. I don't know what he did against Nebraska, but it wasn't pretty. I think yeah. uh, obviously. Oh, when's the last time it was pretty? Well, I mean, he had a couple. Of, he had a stretch there that was all right, um, but then you know against Nebraska it wasn't great, and against certainly against Michigan yesterday it wasn't very good. I think he's one for seven overall. Uh, that's just kind of where he's been at. Uh, if he's not hitting from the mid range or the or the outside, he's he's just not very good offensively. He doesn't really have a lot of uh, moves inside. Micah, you know, had that one three, but he had a couple of other open shots that he couldn't knock down. It was just, I mean, it was that second half is, it was actually pretty perfect uh, in terms of this season, I'm saying, this yeah. season. The first half of the season, the first half of that game, great shooting, solid defense. Like, it was everything, that's why you're right? up by 12. Yeah. Second half, can't shoot with a crap, can't rebound. And you see what uh, what came of it. It's it's Get just scored forty to twenty. It's maddening. Uh, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Zach, this I know we've talked about it a few times, and I'm still we're all trying to figure it out. We just got to talk our way through the emotions. How is it that this being the team it was last year goes on and wins eight games in a row, a share of the Big Ten? They bring back everyone besides Brevin Pritzel. And now we're looking at like scratching our heads, left wondering what happened to this team. Was Brevin Pritzel like the glue that held this whole thing together? What? It, what? It, how is it the no, exact same no. team, and they can't because do anything? It's obvious. I mean, they are a perimeter-oriented team, and when <laughs> they don't hit three pointers, you're seeing what happens. Like that. This is honestly, I don't think it, it, it is that. Obviously, the rebounding on, on the defensive end plays a role, and you can still win games when you're playing. Good defense is what they did against Nebraska, and they didn't necessarily shoot it very well from there. But against good teams that are going to be able to score some points on it, you have to hit shots. And they did in the first half, and they didn't in the second half, and, and that was the story of the game, at least uh, why why they were so good at the end of last year. They shot over 40% over the last eight games from three. Right now they're shooting uh, right around 30% for the last oh, ten games. It's not going to get it done when you, when you are that peripheral-oriented of a team. And look – like if you have the guys to, to do it, and Wisconsin, I know some people don't think they do. They do. We've seen it happen in stretches. They're a streaky team, um, and right now they are in a horrible, horrible streak. Sure, she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we've got sun in the forecast today. 15 are expected high, but never factor out the wind. That'll take us to below zero most of today. Tomorrow, cloudy skies in 18, but the hope is on the horizon that we are going to start warming up end of this week, front part of next week. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. And don't forget, stick around. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson out of West Bend, going to be catching up with us this morning. Yes, it was a three-day weekend for traders in Chicago, but there's always news to be factored in the market, and John will bring that for us coming up in just a little bit. So today is the 16th day of February, and you know what? Not a lot of things that I could find noteworthy on this date in history. 
Back in 1959, Fidel Castro became Cuba's prime minister on this date. He basically overthrew dictator Batista in what became known as the Cuban Revolution, took over on this day in 1959. On this day in 1923, the burial chamber of Pharaoh Tutankhamun was opened. King Tut. And uh, boy, a lot of folks have learned that name, learned about that uh, ruler since that time, on this date back in 1923. And that's what I got for you. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit more about what's going on with Wisconsin agriculture. So today, the governor is going to be releasing his biennial budget. We know that he is going to ask for $43 million or thereabouts worth of investment into Wisconsin agriculture, ranging on everything from farmers' mental health and resources there, right on through to farmer-led watershed groups and conservation efforts, and also including more financial support for our livestock industry. That's not the only policy that we need to be paying attention to that's developing down at the State House. Josh joins us this morning with some news about research investment for Wisconsin potatoes and cranberries. The potato and cranberry industries in Wisconsin could each be receiving a $500,000 boost if the idea of two state lawmakers comes to fruition. Representative Nancy Vandermeer of Toma and Senator Patrick Teston of Stevens Point have authored bills that would give our state's cranberry and potato industries half a million dollars each, and Senator Teston explains more. Yeah, so I'm really uh, honored to be putting forth these bills with State Representative Nancy Vandermeer that will make critical investments into our cranberry, as well as our potato and vegetable growers here in the state. And essentially what this money is going to do is going to go towards their marketing boards to help promote their products as well as research new markets and opportunities. Especially in the wake of the pandemic, I think it's critical more than ever that we support our farmers and make sure that we're doing everything that we can to uh, help them get back on their feet and make sure that we're identifying areas where we can grow opportunities for these key crops for our state. Yeah, you know, you kind of touched on a little bit. There's so much going on right now. What exactly made you want to tackle this, like zero in on it and say, okay, let's get to work on this? Well, I think one of the driving forces behind this is that when you take a look at the 24th Senate District, I I think there's a strong case to be made that I think I represent the the most cranberry growers and have most cranberry bogs as well as the most potato and vegetable growers in, in the state of Wisconsin. And so I want to make sure that these are industries that are comprised of some of the hardest working men and women in the entire country that don't just feed Wisconsin but feed the world um, show that here in the state we we are invested in making sure that these industries are successful, that they thrive, that they grow, and doing everything that we can to continue to ensure that Wisconsin remains a national leader in these key crops. So $500,000 for potatoes, $500,000 for cranberries, a million dollars in total. And then would each, you said each of their marketing boards would get that money? Yes. And this money would go towards, again, advertising new markets, new opportunities for their products, and also uh, to go towards research for new potential markets and products. So it's really kind of a two-pronged approach here. And uh, I'm really excited. These are bills that were introduced late last session that we weren't able to get through due to the pandemic. But I think now, given um, what everyone has been through, there's an even stronger case to be made now that these bills are necessary and needed. Yeah, and what do you hope would be the -the on-the-ground impact that you would see if these are uh, put into the biennial budget? Well, I would would hope that the -the on-the-ground impact is that um, when people go to the grocery store, they know that this is a Wisconsin product, whether it's here in the state or elsewhere around the country, that 
uh, we really identify Wisconsin as a, a destination location for potato and vegetable growers as well as our, our cranberry industry. That is State Senator Patrick Teston of Stevens Point. He, along with State Rep Nancy Vandermeer of Toma, have put forth legislation that would dole out a half a million dollars to both the cranberry and potato industries here in Wisconsin, totaling to $1 million total. And as Teston said, most of that money would go towards marketing and research purposes. The bills that were introduced last week at the Capitol in Madison, in theory, will become part of the state's biennial budget. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Being a member owner pays at Compure Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compure's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $197 million back in patronage. Learn more at compure.com backslash patronage. Compure Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remains at the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors including their risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like discounts on select Granger products and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Markets are back up and rolling after the three-day weekend in light of President's Day. A new survey out from Farm Futures magazine shows that U.S. corn producers are going to increase their acreage by more than 4% in 2021 versus 2020. Right now, they're guessing about 95 million acres of corn will be planted this year. If they hit that number, that would put the 2021 corn acreage at its third highest amount over the past 75 years. A conservative trend line yield estimate of about 177 bushels of the acre would put corn production at about 15.3 billion bushel. That would top the record set back in 2016. Now, the January survey shows farmers favoring more corn planting, but we all know that things can change once the fields start appearing. Plus, a good number of farmers plan to stick with their normal crop rotation, and that can be an influence as well. Another item that we'll probably be talking about in just a moment when John Heinberg joins us is what's going on with Brazil. Right now, Brazil, which is the world's number one soybean producer, is experiencing delays in their harvest. So there's rumors on the newswire that that could be causing some of the biggest buyers like China to rely more heavily on the United States. We'll see if John agrees with that. He's joining us in just a moment. In overnight electronic trade this morning, like I said, markets are currently trending higher. Currently, we've got December new crop corn up three cents at 452. November soybeans are up eight at 1181. July wheat currently a dime stronger at 640 a bushel. 
Now, the fluid milk contracts are holding their own. Well, March is down a nickel at 16.51 a hundred weight, but April milk is up a penny at 17.15, and May milk currently unchanged at 17.40 a hundred weight. So that gives us a little sense on where things stand as we go into a Tuesday trade session. That's right, John Heinberg is going to join us in a moment and let us know what kind of news is really driving the trade this morning. Stick around. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24 7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. Stay tuned as we'll be right back. Mmm, need to get some rest. This is the worst headache ever. Mmm, right arm's all tingly all of a sudden. Must have slept on the last night. I keep losing my balance. These old bones need some exercise. Granddaddy, what you just said doesn't even make sense. It sounds like gibberish. Sounds like these could be more than what they seem. They could be a sign of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Sudden trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help regarding an attempted homicide that occurred one year ago. On January 29, 2020, a mother and her two young children were brutally attacked by an unknown gunman in the 2700 block of Dahl Street. It is presumed that the gunman followed the victims from their residence located in Kennedy Heights Apartments. While traveling in the 2700 block of Dahl Street, the car in which the gunman was riding cut the victim off, forcing their car to stop. The gunman then exited the car and fired multiple rounds into the car that the victim and her two young children were traveling in. The mother and a child sustained injuries related to the gunfire. Madison Police Department's Violent Crime Unit is reaching out to the public in hopes that someone has more information about this senseless act of gun violence. Please visit MadisonAreaCrimeStoppers.org or Madison Area Crime Stoppers Facebook page for additional photos and video of the suspects. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. So we're coming off a three-day weekend. Now, sometimes that can make for a little bit of a slow start the day after. But I'll tell you what, on this uh, Tuesday morning, it's still fast and furious down in Chicago. Let's get up to to date on what's going on with regards to the markets. Joining us, John Heinberg. Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson out of West Bend, joining us live. And like you and I have just been talking about, John, this morning we are not lacking news. Let's start with the theme of weather. It's not our weather that's catching the attention of the trade this morning, but instead the weather that people in states like Texas are waking up to. It's almost a little shocking to imagine Paris, Texas is colder than parts of Wisconsin today. 
Yeah, this has been a heck of a storm that pushed through over the weekend, dumping snow and obviously pulling severe cold all the way down into those regions where they typically don't uh, deal with it. Uh, you're hearing, you know, talks of uh, energy issues and spikes in gas prices and rolling blackouts because their infrastructure just isn't set up for this much demand. And, you know, that's going to come into the getting the markets moving a little bit this morning, too, at the same time here as we're just kind of watching uh, how things are going to play out over the next few days. You know, things like that will come through and move quickly and you know things will stabilize in those areas but uh, the immediate shock is here and uh, it's just been interesting you know from our standpoint to see how they're handling this type of situation well that's what i mentioned is a lot of folks in texas a furnace is not an automatic when you uh, buy or uh, build a property so simple stuff like that can get to be critical and it will have an impact on agriculture uh, maybe just not on the short term john but i mean we got to stop and think about the crops that are going to be influenced by this sub zero weather as well as livestock. You know, yes, first off on the crop side, obviously we got a winter wheat crop that's getting exposed to some extremely cold temperatures. And so that's bringing some push into the wheat markets this morning. And that's carrying over into the grains in general. Uh, today, as we saw a really big pop on prices on the open last night, we're still holding really good gains here at this stage. You know, then on top of just the possible impacts to the crop in terms of its health, you know, what's going to happen to movement? You know, we still have a lot of demand on the grain side of the equation here in terms of getting these uh, bushels of corn corn and beans to the exports, uh, get them to the ports and get them shipped and things of that nature. And what's this due to the logistics? So again, that brings just some premium into the price side of the equation. And I think that's a little bit of what we're reflecting here to start the week. And it's not just our weather in the Southwest. Now I see that Brazil, their weather is catching some world attention too. You know, it's been uh, something we've constantly been watching, obviously, mainly in that soybean market because of the pure supply side of the equation. They've been wet in some regions. They are not getting these beans harvested at the pace they want to. And that's keeping the Chinese very active in the U.S. market and taking on these orders of that they've put together instead of seeing the cancellations, which only keeps that supply side of the equation extremely tight. And uh, that instead of beans, maybe at this stage being canceled, they're being shipped. And now, but now as we move into March, we're kind of watching what the calendar puts in front of us. Typically grain prices kind of peak out the first part of March, and then we slide into the end of April. Uh, now, obviously with the supply picture being where it is, it might not be as quite a strong a pullback, but it might be an area here that prices just level off and work sideways and just kind of wait for that news. Speaking of calendar, Lunar New Year, that's another item that we've got to keep on our horizons because uh, if the Chinese decide that they're going to take a break, even in light of the pandemic, that uh, has a ripple in the market. Yeah, it has. And that was maybe some of the choppiness we saw last week. They've already started that that holiday. They take that uh, into another day or two here, I believe, to the 17th, and then they're back in the marketplace. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, we saw some export sales for corn last week at the end of the week from some not our traditional buyers in terms of non-Chinese buyers. So we'll have to see how that kind of plays out. If they step back into the market here, if those beans aren't still available to them, they'll and the bean price is sitting where we are at 1380, we're not rationing supply. We've been proving that for the last couple of weeks on the export sales. So don't be shocked that we maybe see them step back into the market or somebody continue to step in the market at these prices. Again, us moving product that maybe we don't have in the long run. How about moving product? Have we gotten any updates on uh, shipping delays or challenges? 
uh, continues to be some issues, and again, out into the western and the Pacific Northwest region, but it seems like things are starting to move pretty decently, at least on the grain front. Corn uh, sales or shipments last week picked up very nicely, actually put in a market year high, so that's something we've really been watching in that corn market, because obviously we got record sales on the books, and we need to get that product going, or the concern that they, they'll cancel that and build the supply back up comes into play. So we'll have to really kind of watch the next couple of weeks here again with what the storm's going to do, as well as just uh, what's the export pace looking at as we're probably pushing grain out of some ports that we typically don't see. Interesting. Now, also last week, we got some initial numbers uh, from Farm Futures, for example, on what they're estimating farmers are going to plant this year. Looks like there's a whole lot of interest in increased corn acres this year. That seems to be the theme. And actually this week, uh, we got the USD Outlook form coming out on Thursday and Friday, and they'll give us our baseline projection numbers. Now, those typically are more budgetary, but at the, in the market looking for an answer or looking for a direction, uh, it can kind of weigh on prices if they come in heavy. So I have to keep an eye on what the USDA puts together in that Outlook form this week. So, But again, right now the market is leaning to maybe a little bit more corn. We're trying to build that insurance price here in February as well. Obviously, right now we're about 450 on December corn. We're pushing about 11.60 and 11.70 on November beans. You know, that's a leading to the bean side a little bit in that regard. So that acre battle is going to start heating up here, I would say, in the next few weeks. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, despite the fact that Texas is waking up with nasty cold right now, weather can change pretty quick. And actually, we could start seeing folks head toward the field in the next couple of weeks, too, down there. You know, I was just looking at some of the longer range forecasts. After we kind of get through this week, things are going to start uh, getting back to a little bit more normal. You know, again, the one thing that we're, this market's going to really be watching because of the drought monitor and what we're seeing on the maps, what's going to happen in the moisture side and at least some of the early indications on long range maps, which, you know, aren't sometimes the most stable in terms of being accurate. Uh, but things are looking this, that we could have ourselves a fairly dry spring. And if we get warmed up nicely, we'll get rolling pretty quick. Yeah, boy, that and and with the weather we're looking at this morning, John, that's all I can hope for and look forward to. What else are you kind of preparing for in light of the new information that'll be coming out this week? Well, you know, a couple things. First off, on the charts, we saw a big reversal on the corn chart to close the week. So maybe we put a little bit of a near-term top. So I've been a little bit cautious there with producers saying, hey, you still got some great prices sitting here. Next year for at 450 for December corn is going to be a heck of a lot better starting point than you were last year. We are starting to throw some defense in just to make sure we build some safety valve floor because obviously when springtime gets here, planters get rolling. We got South American harvest. Makes it kind of hard for prices to move higher. The last thing, watch the U.S. dollar, it's starting to break again. So with this possible COVID aid package getting put together, if we see a break there, though, that's just going to help the commodity sector overall. All right. Good deal. Appreciate the time, John, for sure. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson out of West Bend. TotalFarmMarketing.com is their website where you'll be able to find a, a picture of John, uh, send him a direct email, pick up the phone and give him a call. Because like he said, with so many reports coming out this week and so many things changing, even just on short Short term, as far as the weather is concerned, you need to be ready to take action. Everybody already starting to get themselves excited about who's going to plant what coming up in uh, 2021. Don't forget, we've got all kinds of news, including a rebroadcast of our show from this morning. You can sign up for it. Get it all at MidwestFarmReport.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam 